Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Female Firesides podcast, the podcast all about sharing the stories of female entrepreneurs. And thank you so much for being here today and listening to all of these amazing journeys of all these amazing women. So today's guest is Beauty. And Beauty and I go kind of way back. Um, It's been about, I guess, a little over a year. Um, so I met beauty through the create and sell program, which you, if you have been around me, you have heard me talking about Carrie green, create and sell FEA multiple times. And I met beauty through create and sell. Um, she is one of the team leaders for FEA and she was involved, um, very heavily with the create and sell program. The first round that, that went through it. And she actually, I don't know if she remembers this, but my first like real interaction with you, you were my help I'm stuck call. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but, um, you were my help. I'm stuck call and beauty gave me the most incredible business advice on that call. So I am so excited to have her on today. Thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And that's such a great refresher, you know, because when we are so involved with, the Female Entrepreneur Association, we get, we lose track of the people that we're always helping because not necessarily that it's, it's a blur sometimes, but a lot of the same questions pop up, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or there's just so I think Natasha Barrett and I, we had between us, we had all the other calls because um, I know some of our other team leaders and our business mentors were, were sick and some of them were in the hospital. So we, you know, we took on the role of like, okay, let's just, you know, let's just bring it on. Let's knock it out. Um, yeah. Okay. So before we get started with your story, I've, um, I've started something new with this podcast that I guess by the, you know, sixth or seventh episode, it's probably not that new anymore, but I used to do like a fun, like three kind of goofy questions, but I've decided that for the podcast, I'm going to do, I'm going to ask each guest, uh, three things that they are grateful for right now in their lives or business. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's so important because when we reflect on, you know, more gratitude, it just, it's just so bountiful and magical when, when it comes back to us. Um, the three things that I'm grateful for at the moment, oh my goodness, um, I am so thankful for my partner in life. Um, he has just been such an amazing, like, generator to my magnificent, I, magnificence, I guess. Sorry, don't mind the dogs. Um, <laughs> okay, I have one. So and, um, yeah, it's just been so cool because he has been able to help me propel, you know, further with just the way he's so encouraging and his ideas as well. So that's one. Um, another is just family, I guess, family overall, just being able to relax with them and, you know, really enjoy them. Um, it when I'm able to wind down and recover, I'm, I'm able to be more productive. And it's so funny because this year is the year where I have not been doing much at all, but the abundance keeps coming and I'm so grateful for that. So, you know, just to be able to sit back and relax and see these automations come into play, it's so relieving. And I'm like, wow, this is so nice because these are, these are the experiences and feelings I've been meditating on trying to manifest and it's so nice that it's just within reach now and it's being able to you know be placed upon me and I'm able to relish in 
in the experience. And I think the third, it's, it's a funny one, but I'm really thankful for PayPal. Um, it's been, it's been such a nice journey to see all the, I guess, I guess with PayPal, you're able to unlock all these different things and, um, different benefits, the more you generate income, as well as the more, the length of time that you spend with them. So just getting updates from them and seeing the progress that we're making is so, it's so nice. It's so rewarding to see that, like not the monetary part of it, but the, um, like, I don't know, for me, I get, a, I get a lot more of um, high vibes when I have a type of social recognition versus monetary payment. So that's, that's why I'm in, you know, the entire entrepreneurship game is to help people and just those thank yous and just, you know, comments like you've mentioned, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Okay, I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the right track. <laughs> Let's keep doing more of this. Oh, I love all that. I love that so much. So outside of working with you through FEA, and I know, I think you've got, a, if I remember correctly, you've got a couple of different things going on. So why don't you just start kind of from the beginning? Cause I don't even know your whole story. Um, so yeah, tell me, tell me all the juicy stuff. Awesome. And did you want me to start off with like where I'm at now or how I began? Oh my gosh. I think starting with how you began, cause I think that's probably mm. I mean, it's, it's all juicy, but I love hearing the stories of how a woman decided to go against the grain and start her own business and do her own thing. So let's start there. Yeah, sounds great. Oh my gosh. So, well, in the very beginning, I guess, because I'm the eldest child, um, that makes me kind of, you know, the youngest adult as well in my family. And that's also applied to um, my grandparents. I'm the youngest or I'm the eldest on my mother's side. Um, the eldest grandchild and being in that type of role you really have to just ensure that everybody's taken care of everybody's okay this and that so I grew up having to um, you know I was programmed in order to not get in trouble or scolded I was programmed to make sure that everything was taken care of and that type of leadership role rolled over into school like from kindergarten and of course into university so I've held a lot of leadership roles in that but um I've always been entrepreneurial. My parents are, even while they were working, they have their own businesses on the side and I just love seeing them help people. Um, but my first business idea was for, I think I started planning it while I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school and my first business training was at the age of like 13, but I was already reading Entrepreneurship Magazine and all the adult stuff by like 10 years old. So I really enjoyed it. I was so nerdy with entrepreneurship and I really enjoyed it. I loved it. But so much of my work, um, I, I think I was so scared to start off as a younger entrepreneur um, because I thought people would be, think I'm too young. Why, who's going to buy something from a 10 year old girl type of thing. That was the attitude, you know? Wow. And then when I started business planning at age 13, I was like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. And that's, that's coming from the adults as well, who are able to read my work or who, whoever was mentoring me. And that's pretty much where it started was 
through business training with our local university. It was so cute too, because I would come in as a 13 year old and they'll be like, oh, it's so cute. She's here to do a project, you know, like watching the watching them mentor the business, um, the business class and the entrepreneurial classes. And I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm here to do the same thing you guys are here for. And um, yeah, I was just always so proud to share that story because there might be somebody listening and tuning in who's younger or, um, you know, is just inspired to start and they're probably feeling um, afraid as the same type of fear that I felt when I was younger. And I wish I could go back and tell myself like, dude, just, just start, just do it afraid. Who cares if somebody thinks you're too young? And what I always talk about as well is nobody has ever asked me how old I was in my entire time of business. And I guess it's also because I put on this um, maturity, you know, that that's brought upon when people meet me and they think I'm much older than I, than I am. And I'm actually just turning 30 next month. So, yeah. So a lot of people are just like, okay, you know, this is, this is, this is beauty. And I'm glad that that question about my age has never come up because it just shows like, that's just the perfect example to be like, it doesn't matter how old you are or what age you are and what stage of life you are. If you have that business idea, you know, to just get it going and just get started on it. So yeah, those, that's pretty much the origins. (laughs) So much because how many times do you hear a woman saying, oh, she can't like, oh, I can't do that. I'm too old. It's too late for me. I All the time. Like how many times do we hear that? And you, for you, it was like the flip side. You were like, oh my gosh, I'm so young. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's such a great example because you didn't stop. You kept going yeah. and you went yeah. it and look where you are now. Right. I went with, I went with it. I just didn't care what anybody said. It, it was really interesting too, because I, I, in the beginning, um, when I was, when I was 13, I'm trying to recall like what, yeah. So this is what happened. Um, that type of fear kicked in even more. So when I became a senior, so I, by that time I was, um, 14, 15, 16, about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was already putting together like uh, marketing packets as well as different type of fundraising and event plans for my school. And I've always been doing that. So everybody knew that I was like the fundraiser chick and the event chick, like go to beauty. She knows what to do um, type of person, always holding in like the student body leadership roles. And um, I remember that when I posted up a a big poster of what was going on. I, one of the leaders in our industry um, for the fundraising industry on our island, she came in and she felt a bit um, threatened about the poster because she was the monopoly in regard to the fundraising space. And that's why I knew I needed to continue to pursue this business was or my business idea was because I was like, wow, if I'm, if me as a teenager is going to threaten an adult, there's a need for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. So I just went on ahead, but that fear continued to roll over because even though I planned for my business as a 13 year old, I didn't start until like maybe seven years later. 
Like I didn't, I didn't actually license my business until seven years later. And I'm looking at myself like, oh, Dodo Bird, you could have done it ever since. Your business would be like 15 years old by now. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because I feel like there's so many of us, myself included, we will drag our feet and we will be like, oh my God, we can't. Oh my, for what people insert any excuse anyone could possibly imagine and put it in there. And literally we've all said it. oh I'm not qualified enough or I I don't have enough knowledge or I don't have any experience or I mean literally come up with any possible excuse and we've all said that um it's 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 so part of the process though you know that like definitely definitely dealing with that and battling those demons I guess the the worst part is if we let that imposter syndrome win, which you obviously right. Um, right. As long as we keep moving forward, even if it's like the tiniest baby steps every day or, yes. every day or whatever. Yeah. Even if it's just reading more about something, staying inspired. And, you know, even if we're just scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and we're just trying to stay on that path of like watching the people that inspire us, Carrie Green, Gary V. I love Gary V too. I love him especially, too. <laughs> especially after like Bob Proctor was one of my favorites because he really, he, he embodied the rich uncle avatar for me. So I would be like, okay, Uncle Bob, I need to listen to some of this information, you know? So it was really nice to be able to um, see who else I could watch live yeah. and um Thankfully, Gary V is, a, I, to me, he feels like the younger version of Bob. Also very funny. Like I have to um, tune into people who can make me laugh. And if I can't do that, then I'm like, okay, I need to move on <laughs> to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. No, laughter is so good. I love Gary V as well. He is so like, I feel like Gary V is the person I go to when I feel like I have a problem that I can't solve. And it's like, you just think of it in Gary V terms and he would just be like, well, why not? Just do it. Just do the thing. Right, yeah, exactly. He simplifies it so much. And, you know, it's not that toxic masculinity that so many other business advisors put out there. Yeah. I love it. He feels like a cousin to me. He feels like the rich cousin avatar to me. So I I really enjoy it because he's just like, yeah, F it, girl, do it, do it, get it done. I love his interviews on Instagram where he's giving these, you know, talks and like someone will ask a question. They're like, I want to do this, but like, you know, my parents aren't supportive and they're like 15 years old or something. He's like, so just do it anyways. Like he's just. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, like it's, it's again, it's that, it's that toughness that he brings about because um, for women, we're always thinking about like, oh, we have to be tender, you know, we have to approach it a different way. Wow. And with him, he's just like, ah, F it, just get it done. Just try it. If it doesn't work, then all right, whatever. <laughs> exactly. No. And I, and I think that's great because it really helps you with that mindset that like, we make things so much harder than they are. <laughs> exactly. Everything's just so self-imposed and I'm just like, okay, beauty, come on. Like sometimes I have to put myself in this um, upper level mode where I am talking to myself from my, like, and it works, it works for me, but you know, people have to find what works for them and really get light that fire under their butt and really just get things going for them. And, um, yeah, it's really just us, you know, we're, we're always the person that's holding us back as well as moving us forward. So 
it, taking, being able to realize where you're at in those different journeys, like I mentioned before too, is, you know, like it took me so long to be able to license my business when I could have done it ever since. And um, I don't want other people to have that regret of waiting so long. And even though, you know, things happen within the time that they are um, supposed to with those air quotes there, right? Um, <laughs> It's, it's just such a learning journey and I just don't want other younger entrepreneurs or anyone because we're all young in this current state and time to, yeah. um, to feel that regret. Yeah. And you know, like when I think about, I feel like that's also like a natural part of being an entrepreneurship. We always like hindsight is always 2020. We always look back and think, oh, if only I had done X, Y, Z at this time. You know, like I, it's hilarious. So I run a social media agency and I digital marketing as well. I do websites and email marketing, things like that. And I was literally the web designer without a website. I was a social media guru without social media for her business. I was on there personally, but I didn't have accounts for my business. And I, you have no idea how many times I think about that. Like if I had started Instagram before it changed, do you know how big my account would be? Like, I think of things like that. It's like, that doesn't matter. Right, like, right. I'm exactly where I need to be. Like my business progressed yes. exactly as it needed to progress when it needed to progress. Like, I think that's a big fear of like, that we're missing out. Like that yeah. sense of urgency. And so many times it is a false sense of urgency. Oh yeah. All the time. Uh, what I, what I like to tell myself whenever I have those things like, Ooh, what if, or you should have done it, should have, would have, could have type of thinking. I always just try to zone in and be like minor, minor and move on because the beauty before, before all the healing and everything else that has happened to me, not necessarily bad, but lessons that I've learned. I, th I think they are bad because whenever I talk about it, people are just like beauty. That's not normal. And you need, that's you, you guys need help with that kind of stuff those are the type of those are the type of reactions I get from people but I'm like yeah but I'm alive still you know it's not it's not something that um is going to affect me five years from now it affects it yeah because I've just been through so many different things mm -hmm. and um everyone's just like yeah but you're so happy like <laughs> So it doesn't, I guess it does, it freaks people out, I guess. They think that even though bad things happen to you, you're supposed to be miserable all the time. But um, my grandmother, like on paper, her life was awful. I mean, awful. Oh. Raped as a teenager, married a drunk. Um, he cheated on her multiple times, had multiple kids outside of the marriage, wow. um, never took care of his family. He was just constantly, and she like threatened to take her kids away all the time. She lived in a constant state of fear. He beat her, he abused her. And then she finally got away from him because she promised him that when she, when her last child moved out of the house, when their last kid moved, she was leaving him and she hundred percent left him. And then she ended up having a tumor in her stomach went in for a surgery. The surgery was something happened. They nicked a nerve and then she was not able to walk after that. So she couldn't work on her oh, own. Goodness. And it's like her life was just like, I mean, when you read about her life and think about her life, it just sounds so awful. And she was literally the happiest person to be around. 
always. Like she had her moments where she right. would be exactly. or something. Yeah. But like, oh my God, she was just the happiest person. Like if you needed a joke or something to make you laugh, you went to her. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And it's, it's so important to be able, because like, I love how you mentioned that re- that you I love how you mentioned that you have the ability to read about her on paper because that's that's one of the things that I need to make sure that I do for myself and my children and my children's children yeah. is to document who I was so that they can remember what type of person I was because I see so much of myself and my grandparents and my parents and a lot of those things trickle down into us you know those that generational trauma uh, generational bliss generational anything really you know it comes to us and of course we are able to take out what it is that doesn't serve us out of our heads and our hearts but um DNA is DNA (laughs) and that's gonna stick with us and whenever we are whenever anything or anyone in our bloodline has been hurt or traumatized in any certain way, the, the body remembers that, you know, the body remembers that and those survival skills are passed on into the next generation. So even if it's not a necessarily a physical thing that has happened to us, um, even the emotional trauma gets pulled down and trickles down into whatever it may be. So I think it's really important to be able to remember and know and try to figure out who our ancestors were so that we can just like nip it in the butt and just like, okay, no, that's not serving me right now. This is 2022. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> so it's, it's, I really try to dive deep in that sense as well. And, um, understand what my parents and grandparents have gone through. I, I love that so much. And this is something that I've learned about myself, like more in the past few months. So it's funny how we're constantly learning about ourselves, right? And right. sometimes something will just pop in our head. At least it does for me. And it'll like, it'll be a realization about myself that has been a part of me for a while, but that just yeah. really hits me. And I'm like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense now. Right. Or right. It, it just happened. And I was like, I am fascinated and uh, it's almost to the point of obsession of documenting people's stories and hearing people's stories. I devour memoirs. (laughs) Yeah. I love them. I love reading people's individual unique histories of their lives. I love hearing about the bad parts, the good parts, the in-between parts, the mundane parts, all of it. And I think that's what really drew me to starting a podcast about female entrepreneurs and giving them a platform to share their stories because their stories are so important. Your story is so important. Like they're all so important. And when we're sharing them, this is where it gets amazing. When we share our stories, it may not sound like much to us. I mean, there are sometimes I'll tell someone something and they're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm like, really? You think so? Right. Right. Our stories, they will inspire other people. Absolutely. And not just inspire, but save them, you know, and, and, or if, if not save them, then at least save them time. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and that's that's one of the biggest things for me is to be able to provide efficiency so that people don't have to waste hours of their time and rather like I love taking naps and I wish that teenager beauty allowed herself more naps because of course I wouldn't be where I'm at without sacrificing my naps but in this state I'm like yes take your naps and enjoy them and nap on the beach, nap wherever you want, nap in your car if you want to, you know? So that's like, that's freedom to me. And that's, that's bliss to me is being able to nap whenever the heck I want. I think that's how I pay myself. (laughs) I I would rather take naps and chocolate, please. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's, that sounds just like bliss. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So why don't you tell us about your business because it's it's called Fun Fort, is that correct? Fun Forte, Fun Fort, both are both are pronounced correctly. Okay. Um, but I whenever we're talking about it, I usually say Fun Forte. Um okay. I well, Fun Forte is a fundraising and events agency. That's the one that I planned for when I was in high school because those are the things that I've always just been doing since kindergarten, even before that. And being able to help family and friends with their events and their fundraisers showed me that, you know, the advice that I'm giving works well, especially with my logistic brain. Um, That's what benefits people the most is being able to show them the plan on paper, as well as illustrate the different routes that things need to go to to make things more efficient. So what we do with Funforte is we provide different um, fundraiser plans to people who wanna do it themselves. We also provide consultations, um, events, uh, entertainment for those events. So basically from concept to cleanup, if somebody needs us to put together an event for them as well as assist them with the cleanup of the event and, and more, everything in between that's what we provide but my specialty is for fundraising and I love it because when I assist with fundraisers I'm pretty much creating a mini business so what happens is I get to experiment with all my different fundraising ideas or business ideas as well as the business ideas or fundraising ideas of the um, beneficiaries that we're assisting. So it's really fun to just play around with. And that's why I entered that role because I don't get bored with it. It's always something new every week. And it's, it's just so fun. Like it's really fun to see people not just make money from their fundraisers, but to see what they do with that money. Because when, when someone's in business, right, they, of course, they have their monetary goals. But when someone is in a fundraiser mode, they are looking at the end goal rather than just the monetary, the monetary goal. And you, whether it's a medical fundraiser or they want to fundraise for prom or they're fundraising for an outreach or, um, or any type of medical association that they're associated with, it's, it's really nice to see them take off and do what they were going to do with that money that they made. I love that. And it's, you know, it's different, but kind of similar to what like the majority of my business uh, revolves around. I provide social media campaign for in-person events. Um, they're not fundraisers. They're uh, antique shows. And that's actually why I'm in New Hampshire mm-hmm. for this month. Okay. So 
This is next week, or actually Sunday begins New Hampshire Antiques Week <laughs> up here. Nice. I grew up in the antiques world and um, my partner is an antiques dealer and I've been managing um, this one show's social media um, since mm -hmm. 2019. So yeah, I do. And it, I, I kind of agree, like it, it's fun watching the like progression of, yes. of it. I really, I really like that. And particularly when, cause I've been involved with this um, this one show for three years now. So it's like really nice. awesome to see like how it's grown and how I like how, <laughs> how much social media has changed in three years. Right. Right. You know? And just how different things and, and how like people connect with the account and how people connect. Cause this, this show is really unique and that it focuses on the human connection of why people collect things. Oh, I love that really fascinating. Um, I, I actually just posted a really great video from last year. Um, a man came to the show wearing a shirt that said, I, I purchased stone books, antique stone. And Interesting. I, yeah. I interviewed him and he told the whole tale of like, they were, he, I was like, well, why, you know, why, why do you collect these? Like, what's, what's your story with this? And he says they were tokens of affection essentially created as a messenger from one person to give to another. And I'm like, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Like, it was just so fascinating. So I, I love all of that with it. And I'm sure like with me as well, when I work with different clients with their social media and that's like in a different business niche, which I'm sure you probably experienced too. Right. It's so right. much fun learning about those different dynamics and that different business and what their different goals are and, and helping yeah. with those, you know? Yeah, it's important to know those origin stories because you're like, okay, you like to look for these types of things. Let's get more of that going. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what it's all about is like seeing, seeing them again relish in what provides bliss for them and what makes them so happy. And, you know, that's that's just one of the things that's so cool with fundraising is that the the end goal of what they're going to do with that money they already know it. On the other side with entrepreneurs, they have their monetary goal, but they don't necessarily have a solid why, right? And everybody talks about that. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know where the money is going to be going, what it's going to be investing in, or what they're going to do to regenerate more income for them. So with fundraising and with nonprofits, it's kind of they don't have that figurehead, the entrepreneur in their nonprofit or their organization, who's going to continue to drive them to that. Mm. So it, that's, that's what I've been able to recognize with nonprofits versus, um, versus for-profit organizations is the nonprofits need more entrepreneurial spirits in them to drive the fundraising for them. And with business owners and entrepreneurs, they need more passionate people who don't necessarily want to get paid through that realm of a monetary payment. You know, like the people who organize nonprofits, they barely know how to pay themselves through those nonprofits and through those grants. Everything is a project of passion. Everything that they do is because they want to serve their mission and service their clients. And um, that's that's just, that's just me. That's just my observation. But it's so true through everybody that I speak to, speak with and speak to. That's so fascinating. That that's really fascinating. Um, I think that's one of the more interesting parts of entrepreneurship 
because of mm -hmm. the range of people and businesses, nonprofit or yeah. profit that you get to, to work with. Um, yeah. And then ultimately deciding who you work with, which is also a fun right. thing to do. <laughs> oh, yes. That was that was something that I had to learn early on in my business because I'm like, oh, we can fire clients. I've never <laughs> heard of this. Let's try that. <laughs> so when I started to do that, I was like, wow, I'm so much happier. You know, like it's it yeah. hurts. It hurts to fire a client, but when they're not in alignment with what you're trying to do, then we have to. And it's so important for our behavioral health as well to do that because we can't let our clients bully us, you know, or not necessarily bully, but take advantage of our kindness or take advantage of our offers. And it's great to do those types of things to maintain a relationship with your client. But when you see that that person is just milking it, it's like, okay, come on now. You know, this is, this is, this is a beneficial, this is supposed to be beneficial for both of us. And um, as a recovering people pleaser during that time, it was like, okay, how, how else am I going to be able to serve myself? And um, that was a long process that only started for me in 2017. And that also trickles off from all these things that have happened to me. And um, there has been so much that's happened to me ever since, you know, I was little and from sexual abuse and assault and, um, Oh my goodness, I'm trying to, you know, like just remember and where to start off on everything because people are like, oh my gosh, Beards, but you had so much going on. So many good things were going on for you. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't matter if I'm if there's good things going on with me. Like, you know, I'm I'm still having this human experience too. I'm still make I could have made better decisions. Yeah. And, and all these other things. And most of that was um relationships, you know. So being able to like I was with the father of my um the father of my children for about 10 years and if I had shortened that relationship and really stood up for myself I wouldn't have had the traumatic experiences like girl my house has been raided like three times um he's stolen money from me he's stolen items from me yeah. he he got involved in just so many unnecessary things, especially dealing with like drugs and, and it really affected my well-being, the children's well-being, as well as my business. But even through all of that, I still kept going, you know, was still persistent. And um, but the thing about it is I wasn't courteous to myself. I put everyone ahead of me and um, ensured that they were all okay when I didn't realize I was just crumbling down. And in 2017, that's when I really put my foot down. I'm like, I don't need to deal with this BS anymore. I need to choose myself first. And that's when I, I knew what boundaries were, but that's when I started implementing those boundaries. Sure. Yeah, so being able to do that and really just focusing on yourself, especially if you're somebody who has taken care of other people your entire life, like it's so important to pause, pause for a moment and really figure out what it is that you want to experience for yourself so that you can slowly heal from anything that's hurting you, if, especially if it's yourself <laughs> that's holding you back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so much that like to anybody listening to this right now or watching this on YouTube, 
It is okay to say no to clients. It is okay to turn down clients. And I have had a very hard lesson with that recently. Um, Um, Just take, just, I just, I was always saying yes. mm -hmm. Because I say, I have to say yes, because I need the money. I know right. money blocks that I am I am desperately working, trying to work through, but it is they are they are deep and ingrained and generational. Yeah. It is hard to get to the bottom of all of that. But I right. was and when I thought about it, I was like, I'm taking on a client that I know 100 percent is going to be a royal pain in the ass. <laughs> right. Right. I just don't have the patience, the time, or I mean, just like super demanding and not even in a friendly way. Like it's one thing if right. like someone just doesn't understand certain things. Cause I realize I work in technology. I realize some of the stuff that I do, like most people have no clue how any of it right, works. Right. But like, I realized I was taking these clients on completely out of fear. Yeah. Money thing. And I'm like, any decision right. you make that is based in fear will never turn out okay. Like exactly huge realization for me that I had been taking on all these clients when I didn't want to work with them at all. Um, and I knew how much of a handful they were going to be, but I was taking them on anyways. Cause like, I have to be a good, I have to be a good business owner. And I have to take on the clients who want to hire me because I don't know where my next money will come from. And I had to let a client go. And yeah. it was the first time I had ever really done that. And it was so scary, but I swear to you, it was the most liberating thing. And there was no, right. it's like fireworks. It's like scary yeah. and dangerous, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. No, right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. And there were like no hard feelings. You know, I wasn't like, right. you know, you know yeah. professional about it, but it was just, and that's, that's so important. I'm so proud of you for like, you know, like really kicking your, like, like for me, I had to really kick myself in the butt because <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to fire my particular client like months before I ever did anything. And when I finally said like, hey, I'm so sorry, but this is not going to work out anymore. If you want me to do these specific things, this is my price for those now. Mm. And I gave them like a ridiculous price, like probably 50 times what I usually would have charged. And and I was like, okay, this is going to be worth it if you want to pay the increase, you know, but if not, it's all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 such a hard lesson to learn. And it's like, I've, I've only been in business. This is my fifth year. And congratulations. Thank you (laughs) for the first two years of my business. I literally, I mean, I was basically the rug on the floor and let my clients just walk all over me. Right. And I thought that was, I was being a good business owner. I was being so good. These clients were going to love me and they were going to sink because the first client, and if you're just starting out and you're, you're hearing this or watching this and you've just taken on like your very first client, you are going to want to like lasso the moon for them and bring it down. So it's outside of the scope of the project. You are going to want to over deliver like crazy. And that's not not to say you shouldn't bad thing, yeah. Yeah, it's not to say you shouldn't ever over deliver, but make sure you don't get to the point where you are silencing yourself and you're right. not taking care of yourself because that was me. I was like not taking care of my mental health. And yeah. I mean the, the amount of stress some some of my past clients had caused. I mean, it was it was insane. Like I had one that I'm like, I looked at my partner the other day and I'm like, I think he took three years off my life. Like 
straight. Yeah, no, really. And that's that's so important for us to recognize because if we are getting stressed, if if we we went most of the time we go into business because we love doing what it is and to get paid for us doing what we love, like, oh, uh, no brainer. Hello, of course, we're going to do that. But when it comes to the people that you're dealing with, and especially if you know that they need your services or your speciality or, um, you know, experiences, then you want to be like, yeah, of course, you know, I'll work for you. But then then you realize like, okay, no, this is way more stressful. And it's not even the work, it's the attitudes that you're dealing with, with these, with the people that you want, the clients that you want to fire. It's not the work at all. It's the, it's the um, attitudes and the approach that they're bringing these um, situations towards, you know? For me, and, um, a lot of the clients, yeah. they had a, a massive entitlement about them right. that, right. you know, that they thought, oh, they're they're paying me, and even if it was a small amount a monthly, even if it was one of my lowest tier options, right? They were just like, well, I'm paying you something, and so they thought that they had access to me at all times, kind of. Right. And what I've found too with that is that it's the lowest tier clients or customers who have the worst experiences or complaints at all, and I'm just like. I remember this one delivery I was supposed to make when my business was just first starting out. And I think it was like just a $20 order or something. And they complained and they complained. And I was like, hey, this is what our contract stated. You were supposed to reserve a parking spot for this delivery for me because we have other deliveries to do. And you are losing out on your order because you did not do that. Here's your $20 back PayPal cha-ching, you know, being able to do it not even um, face-to-face at that time. And um, here's also a gift certificate if you want to redeem something later on for the inconveniences, but sorry you didn't abide on your part of the contract in regard to the setting up that system of um, efficiency. And um, then they went on and went to, I think, my Facebook page or on social media and some of the Facebook groups and like rambled on about um, what happened. And I had so many people backing me up on, you know, my, my reply to their comment. They're like, Oh, you know, Miss Beauty's always on point with everything that she's doing. Um, You shouldn't be treating her like that. You're the one that probably did something wrong. So I had all these people backing me up, you know, and I was like, okay guys, it's not necessarily something that, I'm trying to fight for, I'm just standing my stance and being, or, you know, um, standing up for myself because this is not what happened. This lady was refunded. She was even given a gift certificate, even though she turned out to not be a client or a customer anymore. I still gave her the grace of, you know, saying like, Hey, I did my part, but here's, here's a gift of gratitude. And I think it all comes back to that. Like, it's the gratitude for me. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I love the social recognition, the social payment, um, the social contracts between things. And, and um, when people are not attuned to how effective that type of, you know, um, communication is, it, it really turns me off. And I, like, like you said, you already knew that that other client was going to give you a hard time. Right. So I try to go with my gut feelings now 
and my intuition yes. when it comes to a client. Like if it does not serve me, then I'm sorry. We are going to have to review this contract, do a counter proposal. And if, if you don't like it, then, oh, well, find somebody else who might be interested in doing it. Yeah. Here are, here are, here's a list of the next three people that you might be interested in working with. And I do that even though they're competitors in my industry or field. And it just, um, it's just not, it's just something again, uh, that I like to like to do to just show my gratitude for con- even considering me. Yeah. And that brings up two things for me. So like listening to your gut is so important. Like I had a visceral reaction to my body when this client wanted to work with me. And I, I was like, no, no intuition. Shut up. This is money. We need money. Stop stop whining. You don't need to be whining today. (laughs) Like it was like this whole conversation I have between me and my intuition. Yeah, exactly. And I literally just like, I I said, yes, anyways. And then two weeks in, I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) I cannot do this. This is, this is no, 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 this is, this is not how any of this works. Um, and, 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 and that brings up the second thing, you know, when we say fire your client, we don't, you know, we're not saying to email them and be like, fuck off. You're on your own. Like, (laughs) that's not what we're saying. Um, Be professional about it. Um, yes, yes. With grace, with, with the grace that you would want to, to have heard, um, for yourself, you know, and that's, that's the type of thing that I like to do. I, I do over deliver even when I have to make a refund, you know, like, um, I understand the income, like, I guess it's just also the way I think I understand my, the inconveniences that may be brought up upon. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm not able, like if, if, for example, we're fully booked or whatever it may be, there's still the three next best people that I would recommend. And then I tell those people like, Hey, if you're, if you're interested, this person might be um, contacting you. So it's just, it's just the courtesy, you know, courtesy goes such a long way when, um, when it's for yourself, first of all, to be courteous to yourself and then courteous to our communities and our clients. And it just goes, it goes such a long way. I've, I've won so many awards just based on that type of attitude and approach. And I'm just like, I didn't apply for any of these <laughs> nominations or anything like that. So it's, it's such a beautiful thing to see You're that it works. That. Yeah. 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 And like, again, like I said, that's one of my favorite forms of you know assurance for me is that social recognition and being able to get these awards and titles of um operating business and it's just such a blessing to to see that and that's one of the things that I've been teaching in my other brand as well um so I opened beauty collabs in during the pandemic and that's where I teach most of my artistry advocacy and um um, authorship through. So it's been such a nice um, journey with that to be able to share all those different things because with Fun Forte, that was professional beauty. Like she, that's the one that's like, oh, let's go do it. Let's go do it the business way. Let's go business plan. <laughs> let's go do all of these things. You know, what, what you're reading in entrepreneurship um, or entrepreneur magazine. And um, I'm glad I started off that way because I learned that that's not the way to do it. <laughs> You know, it's so masculine. It's so masculine to do things that way. And, and I've always been 
in that masculine role because again, I'm the eldest child, eldest grandchild. And um, also within my culture, we're very matriarchal. So um, the women are the leaders before the Spanish came to conquer. And um, that that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that type of leadership has trickled down to, to me and my bloodline as well. And being able to be, be that strong woman, be that strong indigenous tomorrow woman that you have to be for your island and represent everything, right? I always did that. And um, I didn't necessarily know how to live my life in the femininity that I'm able to embrace. And that's one, of, that's one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for my partner because he's actually just somebody that I started dating, but he's like my twin flame through everything. We even have the same birthmark. Like it's literally the same thing. It's so cool. And I've known him for the longest time, but we really just started connecting, connecting um, just this year. That's so it, it's, yeah. And, and it was so funny too, because he came into my life when I was like, okay, let's get single again. Let's not date anymore. And I was like, but you know, if anything comes around, then, then that's, then that's great. But it was so, it's just so funny how serendipitous things like that are, because like I said, I stopped, you know, I stopped going the relationship route or stopped, I stopped dating. And um, like a week later, he came into my life again. And I'm just like, all right, let's, let's, what, what you want from me, universe, let's play it out. Let's see what's, where this is going. And to really just trust, trust my intuition and let her guide me now. I'm like, okay, you already know what's supposed to happen. Let's just, I'll just tag along. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of experiencing a little bit of a similar thing with, with my partner who we've been together, um, I guess a little, little around a, a year now, I guess. Wow. Wow. Um, and yeah, we, we, we've been friends for years as well. And we reconnected last year at New Hampshire Antiques Week, something about oh, Antiques so Week, which is so funny, but he is so like, he's the most feminist man I've ever known. Like on the pavement, like, like protesting for women's rights, like rights that have no actual like physical effect on him, but he will be out there protesting for women's rights. But then at the same time, like he's, he's so in tune with his like feelings and his emotions. Yeah. Has yeah. a balance of that perfect like alpha male, and it's the yes. first time in my life where I've experienced someone who, like, it felt like everyone I dated in the past I had to take care of. Right, exactly. And now, and I'm, now I'm the princess. I'm the queen now. <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, this is so amazing. Where yeah. have you been? <laughs> and like being able to step into your feminine. Yes. And, like you had been so much in your masculine. It's right. like oh what is this? It's so new. It's so different. I know. And he's, he would tell me stuff like, um, hello, just relax, go to sleep. And I'm like, Oh, go to sleep. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, so it's, it's, it's just, um, it's just so magical and really without trying or without working hard. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is nice. I like this. And I, I've been on like this year, I, I, ever since 2021, I was like, you know what? 2022 is going to be my year of F it. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with anything. Uh-huh. And, and, yeah. And, and that is not me at all. That's not 
the you know that's not the person that people grew up with yeah beauty beauty had to be on top of everything she had to be the leader of everything she had to be in charge of everything because yeah. if if I wasn't I'd be the emergency contact that people will call to put out those fires oh my gosh yes you know? yes I was so, the leader. People came to yeah, me exactly all the time. Yes. I came in on my white horse and I saved the day and I fixed everything. And then I was left drained, exhausted, right. like right. just dying inside because no yeah. one, no one was saving me. I wasn't saving myself. Exactly. Myself. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Oh, and it's, it's so important to be able to treat ourselves and not necessarily just to treat ourselves at a specific point in time, but to allow ourselves to be treated with treats the entire time. So like this year is my year of eternal vacation and I've continued to do it and, you know, be able to just relish in it and not worry about anything again with the minor, minor live, laugh, learn, life goes on. Yeah. And, um, it's working, you know, it's working for me and I just want to be able to, that's why I keep going on everyone's podcasts or writing articles for people. I'm like, you have to do what you love. And this is what what it means by that you know because people like other business advisors they um or mentors or whatever it is that they do they some of them say do what you love right but they don't elaborate on that it's like okay how do I find out how I what it, what is it that I love how do I find out what brings me joy and for me one of those one of the triggers that um allows me to know that I'm having fun or that it's joyous for me is if I'm able to laugh while doing that I want to do more of that and of course laughter isn't the trigger for everybody but um to find out what it is that that makes you happy that's that's so important to continue to do more of oh well I feel like we could talk forever seriously (laughs) or as we're just wrapping up here what is for our listeners and people watching on YouTube what is just one thing you want to leave them with today I think it's really important. And a lot of the stuff that I say is, is definitely intuitively guided. And for your show in particular, I think it's really important for people to be okay um, with the idea of healing and asking for help. Mm. And not necessarily from anybody else, but from your future self and your past self. Mm. Have those conversations with three-year-old you have those conversations with five-year-old you all the way up until the age that you are now Um, because I think when we go back to our childhood and we explore that that's where we can find more of the joy that's where we can find more of the fun and the laughter and it's so genuine for us because when we go when we grow into adulthood it's like ah so still all these people have told me not to do the things that I want to do like no don't don't climb on those rocks don't climb up that tree you're gonna get hurt you know and but I'm like I want to live climbing trees you know that that's the type of thing that that people are doing now and you can see those types of um 
people living their best lives online and through social media and all they're doing is man like look at mukbang people they're just eating and they're loving it you know yeah and they're just eating in front of the in front of the camera and enjoying themselves having a conversation with their audience and like wow could I get paid for napping like that would be amazing <laughs> you know so to really to really have those conversations um and what I'm talking about is also digging deeper into it so I remember you were mentioning about some of the um the money stories and the wealth wounds right so what I've done for myself to uncover those is um I did the seven layers of why exercises Hmm. and um pretty much it's a Japanese concept. I'm trying to remember the founder of the, of the exercise, but when you ask yourself why seven times regarding any type of question, you are going to be able to unearth a different answer for every single thing. And during my experience, um, all of it goes back down to when I was smaller, like seven years old and back. And it all happens to deal with making sure I didn't get in trouble by my parents or a guardian or an adult in any way. So it's really all about survival um, for yourself to protect your heart, you know, Uh and um, I'm just also going to lay down the level of caution when we're doing that because it gets really emotional. And for example, let's say, let's say somebody doesn't want to post up uh, post about their business on social media. I'll, I'll use one of my clients, for example, she didn't want to share her business idea because she was afraid of social media. And I said, okay, why? That's the first number one. Why are you afraid of social media? And then she's like, oh, I just don't want to, you know, I just don't want to deal with it. Then the next number two would be, okay, why? Why don't you want to deal with it? And by I think by question number five, by, by asking yourself uh, five times why, um, that, that fifth why is the one that's going to be pivotal because it's like, oh, this is, this is the real cause of this is um, she mentioned that her father was so upset about her selling snow globes around the neighborhood because it made them appear to be poor and I said there's your why that's one of the roots so let's let's go through the sixth why and the seventh why and let's uproot that and that at least you're more aware of it so I said okay so her idea of going or her experience of going door to door Mm -hmm. talking about her snow globes or trying to sell her snow globes embarrassed her father And that's one of the reasons why she's so connected to not posting on social media anymore is because she doesn't want to embarrass her father, in turn, embarrassing herself. And I said, so why are you afraid to embarrass your father? So that's number six, right? Why are you afraid to embarrass your father? And then she would say, because I got hit when that happened. You know, so that's the set, that's the next layer of of that why is like, okay, so you're embarrassed to talk about anything you're embarrassed or you're, you're worried about embarrassing your father because you might get hit. So why are you, um, why are you worried about uh, embarrassing your father and getting hit? And then that would be the part where most people cry to themselves or to you know is because they realize it's nothing to do with social media at all it's not getting hurt again 
you know, that's, that's that level. And it's such important work. And I remember I did, um, I think it was a challenge by Laura Ellera, and she mentioned to focus on 20 questions, asking yourself why. And I had so much fun with it. I cried, I laughed. And um, it was 20 questions of why of like, okay, why do you not want to write your book? And so 20, like that was my question. And it all again went back down to my parents and, you know, just being able to survive as a child and not to get hurt or not to get disciplined. And I was like, wow, this is so profound to be able to do this. And when I went to my document and I saw all the work that I've done, I spent over a day, like 25 hours working on that one document. Oh my God. And I was like, dang, this is, this is some hard work to do. So that's why I'm just saying like, just be cautious when you, when you do this, because um, it's, it's deep work and it's fast. (laughs) So, so get ready for, you know, prepare your, your head and your heart, your body and your soul and your spirit to, to feel those shifts because it's fast change when you realize things like that. But yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the things that I'm definitely always sharing about because those exercises are just so strengthening well i'll i'll be our brb i'm gonna go do the seven questions that is incredible that is absolute gold thank you so much for sharing that um i was taking notes as you were talking oh you're welcome i'm glad i'm glad that i've had a couple of things that i'm i'm struggling to break through and I think this exercise could very much help with that. So I'm excited, maybe slightly scared to uncover that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very scary. When when Laura Ellera um, challenged us to do that, I was like, ooh, I think I started like a day or two after she mentioned to do it because I was scared too. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on, on an archaeological dig and I'm going to dig up all these skeletons, and, you know, and it's, it, it was, it was very scary. Like I mentioned, I cried, I laughed and I'm like, man, this is such a silly thing for me to keep rooted and attached to why I don't want to write my books. Oh my and God. after that, I like, bam, you know, was like releasing yeah. all of these different articles, all these different chapters, all the books, all the book opportunities. I'm like, yes, this is what it's supposed to feel like when you are healing and when you allow yourself to heal. Mm-hmm. So it was very profound for me. And that's why I share that all the time. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And I thank you for being on my podcast and coming on and being vulnerable and sharing your incredible story um, with, with my audience. Um, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I always look forward to all the tips that you give everyone, including myself. You know, I, I love how you're able to just be, to provide that like advice so fast. And like, here, this is what you can do. Maybe, maybe this is what happened. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't try that. Let me go ahead and do, do that now. <laughs> so you. it's very important, you know, all the work that you do and all the um, visibility efforts that you allow for everybody that inspires you and you're so inspiring as well. So thank you so much, Emily. And I really hope you enjoy your um, antique show and all the amazing fun work that you're going to be doing for them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, beauty. You're welcome.